0: You're listening to Wanna Be Minimalist with Deanna Yates, episode number 137. On today's episode, I am talking about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. In order to do anything different, and for listeners of this show, that might be things like decluttering, living with less, or trying a capsule wardrobe, there is going to be a moment of discomfort. That is growth, and it's what I'm gonna talk about today. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that wanna be clutter-free. Well, hey there, my wannabe minimalist friend. Welcome back to the show. I am thrilled to have you here. And if this is your first time tuning in, well, welcome. I hope you will find the information today um, helpful, inspiring, educational, something that you can take and use in your life. Now, one of the things I have been thinking about a lot lately, actually, is discomfort. It's vulnerability, trying something new, and growth. Sounds fun, right? Okay, well, here's the thing. There's something about the new year, this new year in particular, that has me looking deeper and getting more into self-reflection. The year is new, and the next 11 months are stretching out before me, and they are asking, what do you want to accomplish this year? And I know that in order to accomplish anything new, there is going to be a moment of unpleasantness. Maybe there will be several moments, but there's definitely going to be a moment, right? At least one. But there are also going to be good moments. And I hope that there's going to be lots of good moments, or at least there's the hope for the good moments that will at least lead me toward the goal that I have set. Or, you know, I wouldn't really be doing this. I wouldn't be putting myself in an uncomfortable position. I wouldn't be trying for something new if there wasn't this idea that it will get me to the point where I want to be. Does that make sense? Obviously, we're setting like resolutions and we want to hit goals and things like that. So Knowing that those goals and those things are out in front of us, it's somewhere I am not right now, which means there is a there is a gap here, right? And I have to bridge this gap. And generally when I'm building the bridge to get over this gap to where I want to be, there's going to be some work involved. It might be hard work, but it's probably not going to be you know sitting on my couch um, in my comfy pajamas, binging Netflix, right? If that was if that got us all the things we wanted in life, I mean life would be really easy and that's just not how it goes. So there are a lot of you that are listening to this that are actually in the midst of with me on this. Maybe you don't know it, um, but there are thousands of you that are joining me in the avalanche declutter challenge right now. And if you think about it, the idea of letting go of over 450 things in your home, well, that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. It's a big change, so I totally get it. But if you've joined me on that in the challenge, that means you understand that there's a goal you want to get to, right? You want a home that has less stuff. You want a home with less clutter. You want more time back. You want it to be easier to clean. You want your home to be peaceful in a place where you actually feel comfortable being. And so you're willing to go through the moment of discomfort of getting rid of these things over the next month to get to the, the reward, the goal. And As you're listening to this, a quick side note, there is still time to get in on this live session of the Avalanche to Clutter Challenge. So if this is the first time you are hearing about it or you finally decide that today is the day that you want to join, well, check out the show notes for the link um, to get in on the action. You can find the show notes wherever you're listening to this on whatever device you're on. But if you uh, want to, you can also go to my website. It's wannabeclutterfree.com slash 137. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree forward slash the number 137. And so maybe after listening to this episode about embracing discomfort and why it's actually essential, you will want to check it out. So please do, please, please, please do. It's a free resource for you, and I would absolutely love to help you on your journey. But let's get back to what led me to chatting about this topic today. And I don't think any of us really want to be uncomfortable. I think we understand it's part of life, um, but I don't think it's really something we seek out intentionally, although maybe after today um, it's going to be one of my suggestions. So maybe you will um, actually do it. But I want to take a moment to look at our kids. I mean, we ask them to get uncomfortable all the time. I mean, we almost just kind of assume it's part of growing up, right? It's part of being human. We ask them to go make new friends, try out for a team or a play, give a presentation in front of the class. And then when we get to be adults, we think, great, I get to call the shots now and I don't have to do that stuff anymore. But those uncomfortable experiences were what helped us grow in the first place. They helped us find a passion. They make us better humans and friends they help us be healthier, right? Not doing these things because we're uncomfortable isn't really a good excuse to not do them. And so today's whole show is really talking about how we can embrace this discomfort. Because I think we need to understand that it's just part of life. And so if we can understand that, we can say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and embrace it. And it'll make it a little bit better. Now, that does not mean it's going to be easy. But really, it is necessary if you want to experience personal growth. And I think a lot of you are listening to this because you want to grow in some way. So the first step really is to recognize that the things that are making you uncomfortable are things that are are knowing how these things make you feel. And because once you can start to kind of tap into who you are and your personal experiences, it's going to make it much easier. So let's look at some of those ways. All right. So the first way that we can start to embrace discomfort is kind of what I was just talking about. When you find yourself saying no or backing away from something, I want you to pause and I want you to just take a moment of reflection. Notice what it is that you've been avoiding because of discomfort, because it makes you feel uncomfortable before, because you're not quite sure you want to commit to it. You know, what is that? What are the feelings you've been rejecting? What are the things you've allowed yourself to rationalize? And when you find yourself coming up against resistance, pause. Take a beat. Notice it. Start to become aware of your reactions. Don't immediately turn away from it, right? Or maybe you can say no right now, but take a moment. Put a note in your phone. Write it in your journal. um, Send yourself a text or an email. Something for you to remember exactly what it was that made you feel this moment of resistance what was it and so once we can start to put these things down in notes we can start noticing them they'll start to form a pattern and it will get much easier for us to to kind of say okay i see that this is happening and i want to do something else about it and so then you can start to actually create a plan so the first one is just to notice that's pretty simple Um, I, I think we all have it in us. It's just we've been so conditioned to not do that, just to run away from things that make us uncomfortable. And so I'm just asking you to pause, notice what makes you uncomfortable, and send yourself a little note about it. That's number one. Number two is to try discomfort in small doses. I am not saying, you know, you need to just jump right in and completely... Uh, Sell all your stuff and uh, get rid of everything in your house or anything like that. I want you to try it in small doses. So, I want you to make a list of three to five activities that you want to try or things you've wanted to do, but you've been scared to in the past. Now, these can be anything. I'll give you a few examples. Maybe you want to go out for a meal by yourself. That's kind of an uncomfortable thing to do. Maybe you want to take a class. You could take an art class, a dance class, a singing class, a music class, you know. Um, a pottery class, all sorts, a photography class. My gosh, I can think of so many classes to take. Um, You can take them online. You can go to a community college. Uh, you could sign up through a local, uh, you know, a local small business or something like that. So there are all sorts of classes, but maybe you take a class to learn a new skill. Ask a friend out for coffee. You know, maybe you're not used to initiating um, a get together with someone or there's somebody new. Uh, you know, in, in your life. Maybe you want to go ahead and do that. Ask a friend out. Ask someone new out. And I actually did this recently. There was a new student in our daughter's class, and I just remembered it being very difficult for her to be the new student in class. And so I went ahead, and when she came home with the other child's mom's phone number, I immediately texted her, and asked if they wanted to go out for coffee um, just to get to know each other. And it was really nice. And so at the end of that child's first week, she already had a play date. And um, they've been getting along really well. And it's just really nice to, you know, to have welcomed someone into the community. Another thing you could do is volunteer for something. Volunteer for something that you... the. That, that, just sparks joy in your life, maybe you want to volunteer at the humane society, maybe you're into helping with food security and so you want to help out at the food bank or you could volunteer in your child 's classroom. you can volunteer in so many different ways you just have to put your hand up and look for someone that needs some assistance. so go ahead and uh, look at volunteering. Another thing you could do is to declutter something that you are hesitant about. maybe you have something that you no, you don't use and you know you don't need it but it's cute and you just kind of have this resistance to getting rid of it well maybe that could be one of the ways that you embrace discomfort you can uh, donate it you can gift it you can um, just get that out and declutter it and say i'm going to be okay with this i know i'm going to be because i don't actually use it and so that could be a big one and i've seen that come up a few times in the avalanche declutter challenge so um, it's been really interesting kind of letting go of those things. Now, I actually had something like this. We had a, um, we got married in Mexico and the night before our wedding, the the girls that were there, uh, we went out dancing. They kind of surprised me. They got me this, um, really cute, bright pink, um, sombrero and we went out dancing around town and, you know, I actually decluttered that. And it was one thing that I do every once in a while. I'm like, oh, I'm a little sad that I decluttered that. But I have a picture of me in that hat. And I don't really have a place to put a pink sombrero in my home. But I loved the experience. I loved having the hat. And I love having a picture of me in that hat so that I can remember it. But I didn't need it, you know. And and while there have been a few twinges of like, oh, that was kind of fun. Well, I don't have a place to put it in my home right now, so it's okay that it's not taking up space and someone else got to um, experience it and have fun with it, and maybe that sombrero has gone on to, you know, uh, help other people on their journeys of, you know, having a good time in, in celebration. So who knows? It'd be really interesting to see the the journey of that sombrero and what happened to it. But I'm just saying that there are things like this that I have also been there in my life had these kinds of things. And I am doing just fine without it in my life. Okay, so here's the thing. The sky is the limit. This is your life. So you get to decide what these small doses of discomfort get to be. I want you to think about the goals you have for your life and then find one small action that you can add into your life to move you in the right direction. Something that's going to challenge you just a little bit. We will be right back. And now back to the show. All right, the third way you can embrace discomfort is to commit to doing something that you're uncomfortable doing. I know it sounds like the first two, but I want you to think about it even if it doesn't result in immediate positive feedback or rewards. So having the experience of just doing something is going to help build up your confidence. It's going to help you build up those skills that you need to deal with future uncomfortable issues, future problems that may arise outside of your comfort zone, right? Now, I have mentioned this a few times, but if you didn't know it, this past fall, I finally drank the Peloton Kool-Aid and I bought a bike. Now, I love spin classes, and I finally gave up on the idea of going back to the gym. I I just know I'm not going to go back for a long while, even if I if I ever do. And it's just something that now I can do it from home. I have the the Pelotons in our garage, and it's really nice to be able to go out early in the morning. Or, you know, kind of middle of the day or something and not have to actually make the plan to go to a gym. So I love it. I absolutely love having it in the house. And, you know, so I bit the bullet. I bought one. It's secondhand, but it's new to me. And since getting it, I have worked out every week. It's been one of those things that I love having at my fingertips when I need to pick me up. But being comfortable... Taking a spin class, well, that's not really a thing, right? The idea of working out is that it gets you, it pushes you, it gets you out of that comfort zone. And these classes are hard, right? I pick hard classes. I pick classes that push my limits. And since I've been doing them regularly, though, you know, I, my limits have been pushed. I can go farther. I can, um, I'm stronger. The, I can ride faster. I can increase my resistance. Now, these, of course, were not immediate results. They've been gradual. That's kind of how workouts work. So I've gradually made progress over time. But if you have done a Peloton class, you will know that they have amazing instructors. And I have my favorites for different days and different moods. And this past week, I was taking, I think it was i think it was a feel-good ride. I can't quite remember, but it was with Hannah Franklin. And she was pumping us up. She was giving us a motivating chat as we were going. But what stuck out to me was when she said that your body is way more capable and can handle much more effort than your mind thinks it can. And it's that moment of discomfort, right? Our brain immediately kind of triggers this moment of, I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to be doing this. And so that's what she meant, right? She meant that when we feel fatigued or uncomfortable, Our minds are going to go into that and they're going to say, "Okay, let's stop. This is hard mode. I don't want to be doing this. But in reality, our bodies can keep riding at that tough resistance for a bit longer. In reality, we can do things that are hard, right, that are harder than we think that we are capable of. Now, I'm not suggesting that we push ourselves past our, you know, our limit. And please do not push yourself to your physical breaking point. That is not what I'm saying. But in order to grow in any capacity, I do think that we need to understand that discomfort is just a warning sign. It's not an alarm bell, right? It's not the, you know, fire hazard, like get out, get out now. It's the, oh, okay, I'm coming up against a resistance. How can I keep going? Even if it's uncomfortable, you know, can I keep going, right? It's just that moment of pause back to number one. Can I keep going Is this possible for me? And generally the answer is yes. Just give yourself a little bit more time, push a little bit further and see if you can grow a little bit more and get you closer to your goals. All right, so that's number three. Please commit to doing something even if you're uncomfortable doing it, even if it doesn't result in immediate positive feedback or rewards. And number four is to know that it is okay to fail. So this is a process of being curious about new experiences and the world around you. I want you to be open-minded and flexible. Trying new things, it's going to broaden your horizon. It exposes you to new experiences, and those can be beneficial in helping you grow as a person. Now, as Albert Einstein wrote, quote, a person who never made a mistake, never tried anything new, end quote. And I think we can forget about that, right? We think when we try something, we need to be good at it the first time. We need to Um, at least not fail at it. And that's just not how life works. I want you to think about how you are with your children when they try something new. Do you get mad at them when they fail on their first attempt? Well, of course not. Because again, they're learning, they're trying. And so I want us to take that same energy that we have an attitude, right? That same energy and attitude that we have with our children. And I want us to try to use it on ourselves, try to be more gentle with ourselves and understand When we are doing something that doesn't make us comfortable, well, yeah, there's going to be a learning curve, right? Where maybe we're not going to do it as well because we're not confident, we're uncomfortable. And so those things are going to take us a little bit more time to adjust to. So let's just try to treat ourselves as we treat our children. All right. Number five is to get comfortable asking yourself questions. Now, there is a book called Loving What Is, it's by Katie Byron, and it opened my mind to asking myself questions about my life and the stories that I have told myself. Now, the thing is, we all have stories that we tell ourselves, and that we can tell these stories about our life, about the world around us. It's how we make sense of it all, but these stories are going to come with biases, right? Because we are telling the stories from our own perspective. We are the protagonist in our own stories. We all are. The problem with this is that we don't have the full picture of what's happening because we can never know with certainty what someone else is thinking or why they're doing the thing they're doing or why they're saying the things they're saying. And so this book really helped me see that. In it, she gives you four questions to ask about any situation, and it generally has to do with the situations that have caused you pain in your life. And so we're talking about discomfort. I think they can, re- they can uh, work here as well. So the four questions she has you ask are, one, is it true? Two, can you absolutely know that it's true? Three, how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? And four, who would you be without the thought? Now the thought is that negative thought that you're having, right? These questions help you see situations that have caused you pain in the past. It helps you see them more clearly. And I highly recommend reading her book if you want more information on how to do what she calls the work. I will leave links uh, to the book in the show notes. I actually listened to this through the Libby app, which I talked about in my newsletter last week. I love the Libby app. So um, I'll leave links to the book and also to Libby so that you have access to that. Um, But I also think that these questions are really good to ask when you are facing a discomforting uh, question or a limiting belief. For instance, one limiting belief a lot of people have around decluttering is that of, quote, I don't have time, end quote. And while decluttering can be time-consuming, I want us to run it through those four questions. So question number one, is it true? Maybe. Maybe. Perhaps you are very busy, and so the idea of devoting a full day to decluttering is impossible. So let's move on to question two. Can you absolutely know that it's true? Well, no. If you have time to scroll on social media, you have time to declutter, right? It doesn't have to be an all-day affair. You can do decluttering in smaller amounts. And so you think like, okay, well, maybe if instead of, you know, maybe I could block off 10, 15 minutes a day, and then you can start decluttering in shorter amounts of time. So let's go back to that first limiting belief of I don't have time. Well, question number three, how do you react when that happens? When, what happens when you believe that thought, right? When you believe that initial thought that you don't have time, well, you might feel defeated, It might make you feel worthless because you want a clutter-free home, and if you don't have time to declutter, well, how are you going to get that house? It makes you feel embarrassed. The house stresses you out, blah, 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 right? You can see yourself going down this kind of rabbit hole of negativity if you continue to believe that negative thought. And so then you get to question four. Well, who would you be without this thought? Well, without that negative thought, you would be free to use your time differently, When you realize that the thought is wrong and that you do actually have time, if you just schedule, you switch up your schedule a little bit, you factor in 10, 15 minutes a day, well, it empowers you to make a change. And so you can move forward empowered, knowing that you can use your time differently. So do you see how those four questions might help you work through some of these uncomfortable situations that you're having? You can ask yourself these questions when you're dealing with that. And then after you ask them, you're going to see that it's just a matter of looking at a problem with a different lens. Life does not have to be all or nothing. You are free to take control of the situation and change the thoughts that you tell yourself. All right, number six is to immerse yourself in discomfort. Oh boy. All right. Now I know I started early with saying just baby steps and trying to just, you know, work in a few little small doses of discomfort. Number six is just to immerse yourself in it. Sometimes you just need to pull off the bandaid and see what happens, right? I actually did this this last weekend. It wasn't that discomforting, but I definitely was uncomfortable. I was a co-host for a mom's night out for the, um, all the grade moms at, um, my daughter's school, right? All the the moms in her grade. So there's two classes, and so I only knew really half the moms, and not even really know them well because we're new to this school. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm hosting this, and I'm coming from, um, you know, about 20 minutes away to the place where we're having where we're all getting together at the at this restaurant. And as I'm on my way there, there were two other co hosts, one that I knew. And she couldn't make it because she was busy with her high school daughter uh, driving her to her formal uh, dance. And then the other mom I had never met before, but we had met via email, right? We'd emailed and texted each other back and forth. Now she texts me and is saying she's running 10 minutes late. So now I am going to this event with people I don't know. And I'm kind of just standing there. It's a Saturday night. It's six o'clock. And I am just standing there waiting for people to show up. It's kind of like that blind date moment. Or you're not sure sh- you're not sure who's gonna walk in the door, right? And I just had to stand there and be uncomfortable and just wait. I mean, I could have pulled out my phone, but I didn't want to be that person when somebody walked up and didn't know who was hosting either, right? Because half of the group knew the other room mom and then half of the group knew me and the other and my co-room parent. Um I actually have a co-room parent for my my class. And so you know, it was kind of one of those moments where I'm just like standing there twiddling my thumbs, waiting for people to come, like watching people, people are looking at me because I'm just standing by myself. And of course, other people didn't care. But that's what I feel, right? Like, I feel like all these people are looking at me, you know, making judgments or whatever. And even if they were judging me, who cares, right? I don't know who they are. And so it all worked out fine in the end, right? Spoiler alert, Um, turned out just fine. Thankfully, the first mom that showed up was someone that I knew. I actually did know her. So I had this moment, this fear, this panic that people were going to show up that I didn't know. But worst case scenario, I would have said hi and introduced myself. You know, this is possible. I'm an adult. It's not a big deal. So it's really funny, actually, as I'm saying this, like I feel kind of silly being like, ah, I was super uncomfortable. But it's true, right? Those kinds of things can keep us from getting out there it can keep us from putting ourselves out there it can keep us from making friends it can keep us from making connections in the school making those connections that will give my ex-school experience at my daughter's school you know more richness and and a better experience for her too because now i know a few more of the parents maybe there will be more playdate opportunities maybe you know just as as life goes it's just better to know more of the people in the school and so if I hadn't allowed myself to be uncomfortable and stand there for 10 minutes basically by myself just looking around, which nowadays when we have so much um, just instant gratification at our fingertips, 10 minutes is a long time. I, um, If you don't think so, I encourage you to go stand somewhere for 10 minutes without looking at your phone and seeing how it feels. It feels like a very long time. So It all worked out and it's all great. And so these are the kinds of things that I would encourage you to do. Immerse yourself in discomfort. It might be just the thing you need to show yourself that it is okay and you are going to survive and live through it. And the seventh and last thing I want to leave you with today is to learn that discomfort is your friend. And hopefully I have made this case already through those last six things that we talked about. But remember, in order to grow, we need to stretch ourselves and become a little bit bigger than we are now. I'm not saying a lot bigger, just a little bit bigger. It's like walking up a staircase. You can't get to the top of the stairs in one giant leap. You need to take it one or maybe two. You might be able to take two stairs at a time. But Then, before you know it, you're on the next level, right? You take one step, then another, then maybe two, then one, you know, then two. And so you get to the top of the stairs just one step at a time. And then once you get to that next level, you can choose to stay there or you can go up another flight of stairs. It's your choice. You get to choose. And I also want to remind you that it doesn't have to be a constant state of discomfort. Like anything in life, there is going to be a season or moments of growth and moments of comfort. I want you to take some time that when you go through those growth moments, please celebrate that. Please celebrate the growth you've made. It will help you enjoy the process and it'll help you understand that there are moments, right? It's not always going to be uncomfortable. But I do want to say that if you can learn to become good at discomfort... Your life is going to open up to a world of possibilities for you. You never know what's out there. It's going to be easier for you to say yes when something good does come along. And in fact, there may be no better skill to relearn. And I'm going to say relearn because we already know this skill. It is in us from when we were children. We were uncomfortable all the time as kids growing up. And we all just chalk it up as part of growing up. That's just what we do. That's just what it's like but we don't have to stop just because we are adults and um, and now in charge of kiddos of our, of our own. So uh, just remember that as you're going out, just look at the world as a child and understand that we can relearn some skills uh, that we maybe have given up in order to stay comfortable. All right, so with that, I want to turn to you. I want to know which of these ideas was your favorite from today for embracing discomfort. Do you have any to add? Well, come on over to the Wannabe Minimalist family group on Facebook and let us know. Reminder, there is a lot of activity going on over there because it will be day 19 of the Avalanche Declutter Challenge when this episode goes live, but please jump right in. I'll have a discussion thread for this episode and I would love to chat with you. I would also love it if you have not joined the Declutter Challenge and you want to, if you want to push outside your comfort zone a little bit, you can still sign up for the daily email prompts. You can click on the link in the show notes, um, or I will also have it on my website at wannabeclutterfree.com 137. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 137. Just click on the information for the Avalanche to Clutter Challenge and I will start sending you those daily emails. And you can also follow along in the Facebook group over there and just hop right in if you want to go ahead and get started and not wait for the daily emails. All right. And with that, I hope you have a fabulous day. I hope it is filled with lots of growth opportunities for you. And I will see you in the discussion or back here next week. I'm Deanna Yates, and you've been listening to Wannabe Minimalist. Cheers.